Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, Supply Chain Transformation at GE Appliances. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Marsha Bray. Marsha is the VP of Distribution for GE Appliances, which is now owned by Hayer and is one of the largest manufacturers of appliances in the U.S. Marsha, welcome. Hi, thank you. Now, GE Appliances is a storied name in manufacturing. And while the company is now owned by Hayer, one of the global leaders in consumer appliances, it continues to operate nine U.S. plants, including manufacturing at the company's headquarter complex in Louisville. Now, appliances are an extremely competitive space, one where leaders have to not only compete on quality and price, but also on customer service. And they have to service a variety of channels, from big box retailers to mom and pop appliance stores to contractors and now direct-to-consumer delivery of everything from refrigerators to freezers and rangers to air conditions. Today, Marcia is going to help us understand what it takes to get all of that done. So, Marcia, you were recently promoted to VP of Distribution. First, congratulations on the new role. Tell us a little bit about your career path and then a little bit about the breadth of your responsibilities at GE Appliances. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, thank you so much for having me on um, your show today. Um, obviously, appliances are near and dear to my heart, so I love that you're devoting um, some time to this topic. Um, I've worked in the appliance industry for 27 years, all with GE Appliances. Um, I started off as a design engineer um, and I worked uh, designing washer transmissions and pumps and drain systems uh, for uh, seven years. And ever since then, um, my career has been very eclectic. I've worked in almost every function at GE Appliances. Um, I moved over the to the commercial world and I worked in uh, customer service and sales and marketing. Um, I then went to distribution um, for my first stint in distribution and um, I worked in uh, Six Sigma at the time, uh, solving and uh, improving our quality uh, for our customers. Um, I then went on to lead and run our warehouse network um, in the United States and then uh, was the supply chain leader for our after sales uh, support for parts, so for service parts, for um, whether it's a, a distributor or if it's, you know, a mom and pop or just average consumer wants to repair their appliances. Uh, my job was to manage the whole supply chain. So the fulfillment, uh, the um, su- sourcing, transportation and warehousing of our after secondary uh, market. And then um, from there, uh, G Appliances started insourcing, which I'm very uh, proud to say, and bringing more manufacturing back into the United States. And uh, with that, created some new opportunities with um, specifically our bottom freezer refrigeration uh, product. And I was asked to go back into quality and back into manufacturing and uh, uh, to be the quality leader for the bottom freezer refrigeration factory. And a year later, I became the plant manager um, of that factory. And I ran our factory for four years. Um, and so proud of that. It's right here in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's a high-end product that we make um, successfully here in the United States. So a lot of transformation to, to make that happen, but um, like I said, near and dear to my heart, and so glad we could create new jobs and, 
and grow that. Um, from there, all the lean that we created, I became the lean enterprise leader for our company um, and uh, driving process improvements across E to E, the entire business. So a lot of people think of lean and you think of manufacturing, um, but we believe that you can take those same concepts and apply it to the entire company. And that's what I did. Um, last year, um, I was tapped on the shoulder and asked to help lead our business continuity planning efforts um, to help support our business and our people with the pandemic um, through COVID-19. So um, I did that for 10 months, uh, actually just about, a, I guess, a year. And then um, in the last 45 days, I'm so excited that um, I got my dream job. I, I uh, was asked to be the vice president of distribution and am thrilled to be back in distribution. It's where my passion is. Um, I spent eight years of my career there already, and it's just a great time um, to be in distribution and um, to be part of appliances. Marsha, you're describing a journey in careers and supply chain that is just phenomenal. Uh, the various roles, responsibilities within supply chain uh, provided you sort of the foundation for where you are today. Um, you were just describing the, you know, the lean efforts that you were, you know, embarking on within your organization. It's interesting that you said it's an enterprise-wide initiative. More often than not, we see lean as an efficiency issue for the supply chain and manufacturing. How do you engage an organization as large as your enterprise in a lean concept and to buy into the concepts that you're, you know, you're talking about and implementing? Yeah, it's a great question. I asked that question when they asked me to do the job. <laughs> How's that going to work? Um, no, you know, the, the, the whole thought process behind it is we had an objective. So I was asked to, be, to create a lean enterprise organization at the staff level um, when hire purchase GE. And so the, the mission behind that thought, uh, you know, why we would want to do that, is we needed to transform our processes throughout our company and we need to do it at an accelerated rate. So um, when Hire purchased us, they had a different objective for GE appliances than our former parent company, GE. Um, and our new parent company told us that they wanted us to be the number one appliance company in the United States. And at the time, which was almost five years ago now, um, when that uh, when they when they told us that, and they said we want you to figure it out. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna come in and tell you how to do it, but that's your goal. And so so what are you gonna do um, to make that happen? Well, we knew to be number one, we almost had to double our company. And when you think about uh, the amount of volume then of appliances um, and services that would need to happen over the next five years uh, in order for us to achieve that goal we knew that our processes were not designed to handle that volume and that magnitude. So as our CEO at the time and the, and the executive staff were looking, like where in the company have we been successful at process transformation and how did we get there? And we had been practicing lean and manufacturing at that time for a good seven to 10 years and had absolutely seen the benefits of the lean concept, right? Of how do you engage people in problem solving? How do you go see? How do you look for um, defect flow through uh, processes? And how do you clearly define problems um, so that every you know everyone involved in in the um, problem solving effort involved in that process can contribute to that? And so that was the. The, th the thinking behind creating a lean enterprise. And it truly is end to end. How do we, uh, because processes in supply chain, you want to talk process efficiency, 
you got to start in commercial. <laughs> you got to start with your, you know, your sales team, your marketing team. And we all have to be bought in to what is getting in the way of us being able to drive the volume that we're going to need. And how can we think different, not just incremental process improvement, but transformational process changes um, at the speed that we needed to go to. So that was what we did um, in Lean Enterprise. And I'll tell you, it was so much fun um, being able to, to completely look at the, you know, the way we, um, the way we stock inventory, the way we um, fulfill orders, um, how information flows, how we can be faster at the changes that the sales team wanted to go after to double our business and how supply chain responded to it. That's what our lean enterprise did. We were the glue that pulled all the functions together to say, here's how we're going to think different at GE Appliances. You know, even before COVID, um, consumer-facing manufacturers were rethinking the structures of their businesses, as well as their product lines. What's core? What can we expand? So before we talk about your supply chains, since the supply chain is going to enable those businesses, what's happening at GE Appliances from a business standpoint, your product line, things like that? Yeah. So I talked a little bit about it. I mean, clearly we are on a growth um, mindset, unlike anything I have seen in my 27 years. And you know, I'll tell you, it is so much fun to be growing at this rate versus, you know, in the past, I've been through years where you're just trying to eke out every penny you can, right, and, 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 uh, and trying to get cost out. Um, so with that in mind, you know, and, and our goal, our vision to be number one in the United States um, and, and to grow at the rates that we're growing, you know, we have to have a different mentality. And so um, a couple things. You know, our, our business transformation starts with us um, really changing the org, so to speak, and our mentality around, you know, we were very financially focused. I think G any GE business, if you've studied that, would you know, you, you start with your finances and it's almost like every quarter is a mini year and, you, and you're, you're running a hit that year. We changed our mindset and said, we're going to be product and customer focused and we call it zero distance. You know, how... How can we get as close to the customer as possible, understand what she wants, and how can we then drive that and make quick decisions in our company to give our customers what they need as soon as they need it, and not the bureaucracy that kind of comes with having a financial platform or functional-driven company. So really changing that, that culture and mindset has been really a big change for us at G Appliances. And then I would say, you know, in order to grow, you have to invest in growth. And so you have to be able to have the infrastructure to make that growth happen. And, you know, we, we are committed to that. And I'll tell you, too, you know, I, I really think I didn't realize how risk adverse we were um, until you have a different parent company that gives you this different vision. And I have seen us um, drive and take more risk um, as it comes to capacitizing uh, whether it's our factories, if it's our distribution network, technology, investing in MPI, uh, new products, and taking bets on things that we just haven't, um, you know, in the past we would talk ourselves out of it. You know, GE, honestly, is a, appliances is a very innovative company. Um, and I love working um, at a company that is so creative. But in the past, we would talk ourselves out of, you know, do we want to go into water heaters? Do we not want to go? You know, are we going to, you know, we used to do small appliances. Are, are we going to do that? We are all in and we are making bets in so many different places. And by the way, we are in water heater and we're building a 
phenomenal factory in Camden, South Carolina, and we just launched a new line of small appliances um, over Christmas. Um, so we were back in the blender business and the coffee maker business and the toaster business, and, um, and we're trying things like that out. We are adding capacity. I think you all have even written on our dishwasher uh, factory um, here very recently. I think that was, a, um, I want to say, $80 million investment um, in that um, plant. Uh, we're adding capacity in, in laundry, our refrigeration factories. Um, we, are, we are adding the capacity and betting on growth. And um, so it's been a lot of fun as we do that. And then there's the whole digital side, right, that comes with it um, and how we make sure that we are using information um, in this whole journey of growth. Marsha, you're describing a growth, you know, that most organizations would choke on. Um, you've embraced not only the growth in your product line, but the transformation in your organization at the same time. So as you're describing, you had very large items, and now you're in a lot of the, you know, the smaller items as well. This requires different channels. It requires different support for the customers. And as you're describing, if you begin with the customer in mind, you know, in terms of servicing them, how do you support all the different customer channels that you have in the demand with e-commerce and a lot of the transformation that's going on in the marketplace right now? Give us a sense of how you're handling that. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the, the strategy then and how we will go to market and how we satisfy our customers must also evolve, right? Um, I think it's all about its speed, flexibility, agility, and how do we invest and invest in that, but then also how do we change our mindset around it? You know, I can tell you for a long time, GE appliances, very process driven, very data driven. And so we like things to be the same. We like to go to market, you know, one way from the supply chain standpoint, especially distribution. I like to be able to give you your product exactly from the same warehouse and, and transport it pretty much the same way to get it to you. No more can we think like that. Um, the world is changing too fast. Um, we have to be able to make dynamic decisions consistently, right, every day based off what's happening. You know, as the world evolves and as problems happen, which they will in supply chain, we have to make sure that we meet our commitment to our customers, that we have the right product in the right place at the right time, damage-free at the right cost. That's my commitment from distribution to our business and to our customers. And yeah, so therefore, we have to be able to create um, the right processes to be able to support um, to support that that thinking. And that's what we're doing in distribution is moving away from the one size fits all model of I'd like to go to market this way because that's the most efficient way. And I'm going to try to force everything into that versus it, it depends and it's OK. You know, a customer places an order today and it may be and they want it tomorrow. They want it the next day maybe cost advantage to ship right from the factory um, and, and give them a factory direct um, service. It might be better to go from a, a, you know, an ADC that isn't necessarily their best cost serving ADC. It may be a different ADC that happens to have the product and that we can get it there or the transportation costs. You know, the, there's advantage to us at the same time too, from a business perspective, if we can be more dynamic in our thinking and be able to have our pulse on data and information that says, okay, right now taking all these variables into account, what's the best solution to be able to serve our customer? And that's what we're trying to, to move towards. Um, and how do we create um, you know, not only the process and capabilities, but the mindset within our 
organization to be able to fulfill that. Marcia, you've uh, touched a couple of times on the digital aspect of your supply chain. And uh, one of your colleagues, Mark Sherpness, was a keynote at our conference last November, and he talked about the digital thread as sort of a foundation of the supply chain transformation at GE. Can you share with us what that means and what it entails? Sure. So when we talk about digital thread, we're talking about having information at each node in the supply chain. And how do we use that information at each node to make the best decisions for that moment in time? Again, with the end result in mind, I have a promise date I've made to the customer. I need to make sure I hit that promise date, damage-free, right, right quantity um, to them. And so when we talk about the digital thread, it's about understanding how information or defects have come up or um, getting the best information at that moment in time and adding all of that up to say, how am I, am, am I capable of fulfilling my promise to my customer? And if I'm not, what actions can I take so that the customer never feels our pain, right? And today I would say, we're not great at that. Um, you know, our, um, our customers, when, when our customer tells us we have a problem or that's when we recognize and we try to take action, it's too late. So what we're doing in our digital thread is giving our business options so that we can um, react, we can move, we can have a playbook that says, okay, play A didn't work. We're going to go to play B or play C and still be able to deliver to the customer what they want. At the same time, being able to optimize costs for us um, in our supply chain. So digital thread, how we pull all the different data sources together to make the right picture, to create the right exceptions that our teams need to manage, and then we can make the right, the best decisions for our customer and for our business. Marsha, let me take you back to uh, prior to the pandemic, which I think we all wish that we were back in those times uh, sooner than later. It looks as if we're starting a, in a point of inflection on the curve that we're changing a little bit. We may be coming out of it. We're seeing a little bit more stabilization of data, which is critical to make the decisions. A little bit more forecasting, a little bit more forward thinking. So give us a sense of how GE is taking a look at its current environment and what's planning on the horizon look like for you. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, over the last six months um, you know, in our business, Black Friday, believe it or not, Black Friday is like the time to sell appliances. And every day <laughs> for the last six months felt like Black Friday to us. Um, like I, I mentioned, it's a good problem to have, um, but it's very different, you know, for a an appliance company that's been around for over 100 years, and we've built our foundation on history. And, and almost to a fault, I would say, the pandemic has really broke free, I guess, helping us break free our thinking that we can't rely on the past predicting the future. Um, instead, we have to be able to have these tools in place uh, to be able to be, like I said, agile, flexible. Um, whatever happens, you know, if you know, right now we, we literally are in a place where we, for the longest time, have been a make-to-stock business. And so we like have an inventory across the United States and we try to use our forecast to predict where inventory is going to be. When, when the pandemic hit and it drained all of our inventory because of the great demand that um, have happened on appliances, you know, just like in the lean world, there's no better way to show your problems than you drain your inventory and you see where your defects are. And now our mentality is changing to, we don't have that luxury of all that inventory sitting around and to serve our customers. Therefore, we have to improve our execution. 
we have to improve our safety ratio at our going all the way back to our suppliers. You know, are we ordering the right parts? Are they providing the right parts to our factories? Are we making the right product at the right time? And it's not within weeks, it's within days, uh, right? So with, did you make that product today? Did I, from distribution now, when I get the product, did I ship it on time today? So, so it, you know, the, the pandemic has really, I think, accelerated the journey that we were already on, um, but it has forced us to, you know, to be faster in our um, using some of these tools that we have, um, whether it's the way um, we decide today, real time, what we're going to ship to which ADC, how we make sure that we notify our carriers, how our uh, distribution system uses real time information when we unload a truck and we scan that model serial number instantly. We can look into our system to say who needs that product right now. And it might be different than who needed it two days ago. It's this moment in time. And we can make real-time decisions to be able um, to have the best movement of our inventory for our customers. Um, so that's what we're doing. So I, it's really exciting time. I, I think that this has really challenged this, this environment, uh, the pandemic, and having all of your inventory drain has really challenged us to be even better going forward, um, to be more efficient with our inventory, to be more purposeful. Every, every piece of inventory has a purpose, and it's our job to make sure that that inventory gets where it needs to be um, at that point in time. Uh, Marcia, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a great discussion. Last question. So, uh, and I know this is important to ASCM and uh, Abe's organization, also to Supply Chain Management Review. You know, so often we talk about supply chain, we talk about many of the things we just did, which is moving stuff, right? Getting it, making it, getting it from point A to point B. Um, but if you think of that word leader in, in supply chain leader, it's also a responsibility to our people and a responsibility to our communities. And I guess wondered is, is, as someone who's been a supply chain leader for a long time, how do you think of that role when you leave GE and go home to your community? You know, I feel so fortunate um, in my career uh, to be able to work for a great company and to work with great people. It's the people within G Appliances that is great. And they have, honestly, I feel like I am a better person uh, because of the challenges I've had, um, you know, being able to work so many different jobs, jobs that I honestly probably was not qualified for, especially the sales marketing, and, you know, things, and, and to be able to grow in that sense. And it's made me a better leader, a better person because of that challenge. And therefore, I absolutely feel um, as a, a leader in a community, I have a responsibility to give back. You know, we have resources, um, we have talent, we have money, um, and a company's worth can't just be defined by the financial results, you know, that, that happen on an annual basis. Um, the people of a company, they, you can't, they can't relate to that, right? I mean, if I'm going to spend as much time as I do in my job, I want to make it meaningful. And, and meaning means a lot more than what margin did we make for our company or what was our revenue or did we double the business? You know, meaning means, did we make a difference for people in our communities? Did we make a difference in people's lives? And I, and I, I think what corporations owe, honestly, um, back to those communities is how do we give back? How do we make the, the community that we live in a better place? And so, you know, for me, um, you know, I am involved in several organizations um, in my community. The one that 
I'll, I'll share with you um, is the American Red Cross. I, when you talk about another logistics philanthropy organization, you will not find a better organization than the American Red Cross. When disaster strikes and everybody is sheltering and trying to, to go to safety and moving away from the disaster, the American Red Cross is running towards the disaster. And you never know when tornadoes, hurricanes, things are going to happen. And the Red Cross has, you know, all of its materials and volunteers, 90% of the Red Cross are volunteers, mobilized to be able on a moment's notice to be able to go in. I mean, what better logistics company is there, you know, in that, that thinking, in that process? But I'll tell you, you know, companies, or I'm sorry, um, charities like the Red Cross need corporation support. They, they need volunteers. They need people who have you know, that mindset, whether it's a mindset of process and logistics, or if it's a mindset of heart and wanting to help others and give back. And so, I, you know, I've had the great honor of representing G Appliances on the board for the Red Cross for the last 11 years. I currently am the chair of the board uh, of the Red Cross. And so, um, and my whole family is involved <laughs> with the, with the, you know, the work that we can do in the Red Cross. And so, um, so whether it's the Red Cross or whether it's other organ, you know, other great charities and philanthropy groups that are out there. Um, there must be a partnership between corporate America and our communities and these, these great organizations that make, you know, make our world a bit, have a better place. And our, our, our corporations, like I said, have the resources, they have the, the talent and the ability to make the difference and to be partners um, with organizations like the Red Cross to strengthen and together we can make a difference. I've seen it and it inspires me every day. I'll tell you another thing, it gives you perspective. While you know, corporations can really get you focused on, I gotta get your microwave right to you as soon as you need it. We have to remember that there's other people dealing with a lot bigger problems out in the world and we owe it to them to help make their lives a little bit better. Marked a, a great example of how supply chains can impact the world, not only on an economic sense, but on a personal and obviously for the individuals that we impact. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your journey and continuing on the journey. I'm sure we'll check back with you. This is all the time that we have today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll be back for our next episode of The Rebound. I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. All the best. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.